Hi, I'm Rocco Steno and welcome to Storymakers. Today, I am delighted to have Barbara McClintock with me. She is a children's book illustrator and author. Welcome, Barbara. So good to see you and thanks for coming down from Connecticut to be with us. It's just my pleasure to be here. How many books have you uh, illustrated? Here's this like a little quiz. Uh-oh. Well, I've produced or created um, over 40 books, so I would say a good 25 of them have probably been ones that I've just illustrated. Mm -hmm. Um, using somebody else's manuscript. Right, and but you've done many that you've written, both oh, the yes. book and uh, illustrated. Yes. Yes, and this yeah. is one of them. It's mm -hmm. uh, Emma and Julia Love Ballet, and it is about ballet. Are you a ballet dancer? I did take classes mm -hmm. um, briefly to, while I was doing research for this, but Actually, my sister was the ballet dancer. When we were growing up, she was my older sister, and I really looked up to her, and she had the best tutus uh -huh. imaginable. And we have a picture of you and your sister back in the day. So this is my sister and one of our many, many cats. I see. And, uh, and she's holding the cat. Yes. And, and this is a young Barbara. Yes. yes. Uh, how old were you in that photo? Um, I was probably three. Were you drawing back then when you were oh, three? Absolutely. Really? Oh, I drew constantly. And my mother's biggest fear was of running out of paper because if there was no paper, I just kept drawing. And I drew on the floor and I drew on the inside of kitchen cabinet doors. Oh my, okay. On the mm. bottom of pots and pans. Mm -hmm. And once, only once. I drew on the side of the refrigerator, uh, and my mother has still not forgotten that. And you went into your archives before coming here, and you brought a yes. one or two of your your drawings from childhood. This was an early comic book. Oh. Comic books and cats. Mm -hmm. Anyway, th this is all about a this, super character. It, yeah, there's a, a little, look like an angel, someone coming down from the sky. Oh, this is a little girl actually uh -huh. wearing glasses uh -huh. and evidently this this little girl in order to acquire whatever powers she had had to put on a cape so she would leave go back to the house put a cape on mm -hmm. and come out and go into conquering bad guys or whatever i think this has a future you think so yes i think maybe you should kind of develop it and, <laughs> and put and it could be your first graphic novel this is something else you did how old were you when you did this uh, well i was nine when i did this but one thing that i loved to do was cut out draw animals and cut them out and play with them so this animal would have you know kind of like climbed up the side of the mm -hmm. book and over here and gone in and back mm -hmm. again and so this was just one of many many animals that made its way across my desk when i was when i was little your love of cats again appears here it's a uh, top cat right yes so tell us for those people that don't know who top cat is who was top cat oh well top cat was an alley cat who lived in new york city and he slept in a garbage can. Uh, and he had a gang of other cats. There were six in all cats in this gang. And he was sort of a bit of a rapscallion, mm -hmm. but had a heart of gold. So he would get into all sorts of trouble and Officer Dibble, the policeman on the beat, was constantly sort of having to keep up with him. Well, back to Emma and Julia. Just briefly, tell us a little bit about both of them. Well, Emma is really inspired by my sister. 
Uh, Emma is a little girl who loves ballet. She lives, sleeps, dreams, eats ballet. And she dreams of being a professional dancer someday. And Julia is a professional ballet dancer. I thought it would be really interesting to show a day in the life of Emma and of Julia and to show both days at the same time. We see Emma being dropped off at her ballet lesson by her mother, mm -hmm. and she's in a changing room, uh, putting her, her bag away and getting ready to get into her ballet costume. Uh, Julia has just gotten off the bus, this bus right here, and she's gone around to the back of uh, the studio where she is going to be taking class. And she's in the locker room with her friends getting ready to dance. And an earlier spread, you actually show the difference of where, uh, where they live. And uh, Emma lives in the suburbs, and uh, I actually drove around my neighborhood in Connecticut mm -hmm. with a camera taking pictures of houses. Don't tell my neighbors. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so this, this house is two blocks away from where I live. Uh, and I wanted to show Emma being driven to her class, whereas Julia, who is a grown-up and lives in a city, mm -hmm. is able to walk uh, to a bus stop and take a bus to her class. And the other uh, spread that I found of interest was uh, when they're actually uh, practicing. And Emma loves her teacher while Ju Julia is devoted to her teacher. So yes, it's difficult to uh, learn ballet, right? Oh, it is. I um, spent time at a wonderful ballet school in Connecticut, and the Connecticut Ballet Company was very generous to let me come in and photograph and sketch these little tiny ballet dancers as they were as they were working, and it was very inspiring. And they offered adult classes. I decided. I should learn a little bit about ballet. Ah, you want to give me a ballet a lesson? Well, stand up and we'll give it a whirl. So what are we doing? Okay, so Rocco, we are going to move into first position and then we will do a plie. Well, I have to get comfortable. I think I'll undo my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready? I am ready for anything. Okay, very good. So, we are going to put our heels together and open our feet out. Okay. And then place your hands almost like you're holding a ball in front mm -hmm. of you. Got it. And then on the count of three, we are going to do our plie. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, one, two, three, plie, down, and up. I think I'm stuck. <laughs> Don't well. quit your day job. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for that lesson. You're welcome. Uh, I don't know if I will ever be a ballet dancer, but that was fun. I thought you were pretty good, Rocco. <laughs> you show great promise. <laughs> thanks. You know, you've written another book where uh, there are two names uh, in the uh, title, and it's uh, your Lost and Found a series. This is the uh, third book, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Dell and Simon, and 
um, they're two characters that have a lot of stamps in their passports, don't they? They do. They started out, the original Adele and Simon began in Paris. Mm -hmm. And uh, then after they were in Paris, wandering around, uh, they traveled to America. And now they're, they're in China. In China now, uh, my question, because you have such wonderful uh, illustrations of China in this book. You probably went to China, did you? I did. Uh-huh. Uh, my son was living in China, in Xi'an, China, for a year teaching English uh, to very young Chinese mm -hmm. students. Uh, so I visited him and traveled around China a little bit. And he helped me a lot with this book. He helped with all of the signage, the, the characters. Mm -hmm. And this actually is a uh, pagoda, a temple that exists today in Xi'an, China. Ah, and the interesting thing about uh, your lost and found uh, books, because you begin with a map where they uh, actually uh, visit, but there is a spread in the beginning, and uh, it's part of the uh, story, and there are a number of I items, a flute, a fan, an abacus, a, a scarf, et cetera, et cetera, that um, get lost. Yes. Right, and a reader has to actually find the lost item in your illustration. Yes, and then we have all these little characters. Are these characters from, uh, the book? Yes, yes. I, uh, when I illustrate a book and I start getting into uh, just who the characters are, what they're going to say to each other, how they interact with each other, I like to make little tiny paper cutouts. Mm -hmm. And I have something else that you've uh, created. Now, uh, this is a, what is this? Ah, uh, this is a sampan. And sometimes when I'm doing drawings, I don't know exactly what something looks like. So I make little paper models that I can then hold up and draw. So this little sampan mm -hmm. has a little kind of um, uh, folding top. And then of course I have to make the people mm -hmm. to go inside the sampan. And this will travel along. But I can sketch this and I can just play with it. So what's your next trip? That is open to question. Um, I'm not sure. They could go to Mexico. Mm -hmm. They could go to Nairobi. They mm -hmm. could go to any suggestions? I have an idea. Why don't we have your readers suggest or make suggestions on where Adele and Simon should go next? They could leave a comment below and you could check out our website and see the suggestions. Perfect. That would be great. I would appreciate that help and all those suggestions. The wonderful thing about the book also is that it gives children and adults also the opportunity to visit places that they may not actually have the opportunity to uh, visit and also to learn about a different culture. And here we're in a silk farm, right? If you asked me before looking at the spread to describe a silk farm, I wouldn't be able to. And then in the back of the book, you're, there's loads of information, page by page. So have you received comments from children about the Adele and Simon books? Children especially love trying to find the objects. Initially, 
if you look at one of these pictures, it's a little like, whoa, there's a lot going on in this. I don't right, know quite exactly. what to do with it. But then you become, you put on your detective hat and start investigating where these objects are. And it's a really sneaky way on my part to get readers involved in where Adele and Simon are. And they really enjoy that aspect. And they will spend hours and hours and hours pouring through a book, looking at finding all the little details. Because once you find the hidden object, mm -hmm. you find all of these other really fun elements that are, are hidden and going on in, in the uh, book. Uh, for example, in one of the illustrations, this is Beijing. And in 1905, Beijing was called Peking. Right. Uh, but there are all kinds of things going on in this picture. We have acrobats. Uh, Beijing has always been a, a very vibrant center for the arts uh, and for um, musicians. We have some musicians over here playing musical instruments, classical Chinese musical instruments. So not only are you looking for the hidden object, and I'm not going to tell you where the flute is. No. No spoilers here. Right. Uh, but you see all of these other things that are going on. Is there a dedication? In the back. In the back. There is part of the dedication to my son. This whole dense, thick paragraph, uh -huh. and I'll just paraphrase that. Um, I couldn't have made this book without the help of my son, Larson Di Fiore, who is a doctoral candidate in uh, Asian religious traditions at Brown University. Uh, so he really was the, the, you know, the inspiration to send Adele and Simon to, to China. And uh, one last thing before uh, we say goodbye. So is it true that you enjoy karaoke? <gasps> I do, keep the music off or we're in trouble. I will start ah. singing my way. So we'll have to uh, uh, do that sometime. I so. think that would be perfect. Okay, great. Well, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Rocco, this is fun. Remember, until next time, give a kid a book in any format.